0: Welcome to 10-Minute Tech Home. I'm Ryan Weber from the University of Alabama in Huntsville, and today I'm pleased to welcome Dr. Aaron Helmut Flugfelder, who's an assistant professor of writing, literature, and film at Oregon State University. We're discussing his recent article in Technical Communication Quarterly, Reddit's Explain Like I'm Five, Technical Descriptions in the Wild. In his article, he argues that a forum on Reddit that asks knowledgeable users to explain things in language a five-year-old could understand marks a resurgence of the technical description genre. Of course, when I heard about the Explain Like I'm Five forum, having little knowledge of Reddit, I immediately thought of this scene from a movie called Margin Call, released in 2011, in which a character, played by Jeremy Irons, is trying to get someone to explain the financial crisis to him in language that he can understand. So,
1: why doesn't somebody tell me what they think is going on here? Mr. Tull,
0: uh, as I mentioned earlier, if you compare the figure at the top of page 13... Jared, it's a little early
1: for all that. Just speak to me in plain English. Okay. In fact, I'd like to speak to the guy who put this together. Mr. Sullivan, is it? Does he speak English? Sir? I'd like to speak with the analyst who seems to stumble across this mess. Certainly. That would be Peter Sullivan, right here. Oh, Mr. Sullivan, you're here. Good morning. Maybe you could tell me what you think is going on here. And please, speak as you might to a young child or a golden retriever. It wasn't brains that got me here, I can show you of that.
0: Reddit's Explain Like I'm Five asks people to do a similar task. Users pose questions that they want to explain to them in simple, plain language, and then experts take a stab at answering that question. Dr. Flugfelder argues that this is an example of technical descriptions alive and well where we would least expect them, where people are creating them for fun. We'll get to the interview in just a moment. I did want to note that I've made a slight change to the podcast format. I've been really trying to keep it under 10 minutes and 59 seconds because it's called 10-minute tech Calm, but I'm tired of doing that. So my goal is to really keep it to around 10 minutes. So you'll notice this episode is a little bit longer, despite not being labeled as a supersized episode. I hope that listeners will forgive this slight indulgence. Now, on to the interview. Welcome to the podcast, Aaron. I really appreciate you joining us to talk about your work. And I was interested in your article partly because you seem to argue that the technical description genre has seen Ups and downs in its lifespan, and that it's kind of experiencing a resurgence online. What is the role of this technical description genre and technical communication?
1: So, the genre kind of comes from a few different places. We call it a technical description, although there's a bunch of other related genres to it. So, sometimes people we'll call it a technical explanation or extended definition. It's a genre that showed up in a lot of textbooks. Uh, for technical communicators a long time ago and it's been around for a long time you know you can be the spec sheet that's sort of also annotated it can be something that is simply for very specific use that is just explaining a process within a scientific field and it's been around for a long time but we haven't really thought much about it there was a bunch of research sort of identifying the genre and thinking of best practices but that's, you know, 30-some years old. And more recently, it's shown up just in online forms in that it's such a common way to try to get an explanation to a layperson, to somebody who really doesn't know the nuts and bolts of how something works. But th- th- it's different from, say, the official technical description that you would get within a particular industry. It's not like a two-page document that might have a whole bunch of different standardized elements to the genre or even have to adhere to certain documentation standards. This is just, you know, online people asking questions about what is this thing that I don't quite understand? A whole bunch of other people trying to answer it. And I think that's how that formulation has kind of happened. I mean, that's happened to a lot of technical communication lately too.
0: So it's migrated online to become more of a community-based format. Is that right?
1: You know, when you have a question that's of a technical nature, you know, in your house, you're like, oh, I don't really understand how to download stuff from YouTube, I'll go on Google and ask it. And, sure. you you know, the first thing you're going to find is uh, a message board where 50 other people have asked that same question in different forms and 2,000 people have answered it in certain other ways. And and uh, those are really sort of ad hoc answers or ad hoc sort of descriptions. And we see that I, I'm, at, I'm at Stack Overflow every once in a while trying to understand particular computing question but this happens for like tons of everyday stuff too the site that I was studying is really just a way in which you're starting to see a real intensity of some of the answers where it's almost a genre in itself and it's sort of a hybrid genre but like it has certain features that get repeated over and over
0: again so this brings us to the community that you looked at this reddit's explain like I'm five and honestly I don't know anything about reddit at all it's all a mystery to me but um what is this community and why did you choose it to look at?
1: Sure, you know, it's it's Reddit's one of those places that it's like you fall down the rabbit hole, you can just sort of go there. It's 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 basically lots and lots of message boards mm-hmm. that you can go into and then vote on everybody's Everything, <laughs> every comment you can vote on up or down or whatever. And he explained like M5 is an interesting sort of specific community and message board. I guess you could say it's either thing in which people just ask everyday questions and they would like them explained kind of in a plain language way, in a way that in which they don't have specific knowledge of a certain field. And they're going to ask a question like there was a great one of since the, the, the composition of the Earth's atmosphere had more oxygen in the past, was fire any different? Mm -hmm. Or what was with that old dot that sort of showed up on old TVs? What was, you know, I don't explain that to me or things like that where um, somebody is doesn't have the technical knowledge. They ask a question that, you know, sounds like one that you or I would go like, yeah, actually, I can't explain that to anybody else, even though I have a sense of what might Mm -hmm. the answer be. Then a whole bunch of other people try to answer it. And sometimes they're pulling in resources and they're trying to use non-technical language. They're trying to use basically everyday common terms. If they use a, definite, a specific word, they try to define it. And it's relatively short, too. We're not talking like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of words. We're talking three to four hundred words for the most part. Mm-hmm. And what's cool is when you see the giant message board of possible answers, the best answers are the ones that where people are looking at the half answers or the other questions and then trying to pull that all together into one really good answer. And you know, they're motivated just by wanting to see an answer, which is kind of mm-hmm. great.
0: So to be clear, in these forums, uh, users will ask a question and then lots of people will answer the question about fire or the dot on the TV or whatever it is. Users can vote on the effectiveness of the answers. Is that right?
1: Yeah. And the best ones sort of rise to the top. So when you click on a question that you're interested in finding the answer for, the answer that the most people have voted on, and there's a couple of different ways you can sort them, but really it's the best way to do it is like, I want to see the, the answers that people have voted on the most. Mm -hmm. And that's probably Mm -hmm. the best answer, if there's enough answers. So once you get beyond a few hundred answers, like that top answer, it's a pretty good answer.
0: And so you're saying those best answers often edit other answers, incorporate pieces of other answers, refine writing that people have already done in order to make kind of the best possible answer. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. And and I think that's actually where we see technical communication sort of at work. And, And reason I like Explain Like I'm 5 as a site for technical communication or for at least seeing how everyday people totally outside of their job, totally outside mm-hmm. of school are doing similar technical communication work is because that best answer, half the time right. it has little tags that say edit and that they're sort of signifying in that answer that they've read a bunch of other answers or read a bunch of other questions that showed up in that discussion thread and they're trying to incorporate it to make their own answer even better. To, to satisfy the person that originally asked it.
0: So you see in these answers a lot of the things that either we're trying to teach students how to do in class or that really great technical communicators are doing on the job as far as doing sophisticated editing, explaining complicated concepts and clear language. Is that what you're seeing in these answers?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think you can see at least three things. You can see people, you know, pulling in answers or parts of answers from lots of other pieces of writing in a thread. You can see people sort of merging them together and trying to write one location from all these possible lo- other locations. I don't know, it's, it's really complicated technical communication work. And they're, they're citing themselves, you know, they're providing links to sort of bolster their credibility, and, and they're editing their work as they're going through it, and they're telling you when they're editing it, and they're sometimes summarizing their own work. So if you didn't want to read the whole explanation, they'll provide a little tag that says TLDR, which is too long, didn't read. And then a one-sentence version of that, which is sort of the executive summary of what they're doing. But that's a whole lot of writing work.
0: Sure, sure. And these are things that, you know, we would be happy if our students knew how to do them well and employers would be happy if their technical communicators knew how to do these things well.
1: And the plain language aspect is big, too, because, you know, we're always trying to tell our students or, or if you're writing for an external audience... You know, you can't use the language you're using with subject matter experts because the average everyday person isn't in that conversation. So you've got to break it down. And if you use a specific term, you've got to define it. You use metaphors sometimes if they're helpful to help people understand the process. You break it down into steps and you just try to not use jargon. When our students write for a, a, you know, a lay audience or an outside audience, we really want them to do those sorts of things. And that's kind of the heart of what plain plain language is about, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. And you actually went in and kind of systematically coded these answers to figure out what was the same about the answers that were very effective. What kinds of things did you find made a really good Explain Like I'm 5 Reddit answer?
1: It was sort of a pilot study. I grabbed 233 of the answers that each had 3,500 upvotes or points, basically. Mm So they were really well looked at. Um, So I was looking at some of the best stuff that was on uh, Explain Like I'm 5. And uh, I was trying to compare the ones that had been answered, that the person that originally asked the question said, like, yeah, you've really answered this, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or the ones that went unanswered. In trying to differentiate, like, well, what makes a really good answer? So what makes a good technical explanation on, on Explain Like I'm 5? I found a few things, right? The answered ones tend to be less dense text. Okay. So they're, they're more in, in keeping in with plain language. You know, They use fewer new words over the total amount of words. Those same pieces of writing are slightly longer in that there's just a slightly better fully explained answer happening in there. And there's a few other things too. Like There's more markers of those things like um, they use the word edit a lot more often because the, the answers for the explanations that people thought were a very good answer and that answered their question. They involve more editing by the person that Mm -hmm. tried to write them. They involved more instances of that too long didn't read. They involved more instances, weirdly, of the word thanks. (laughs) Because it shows, it sounds like a silly one to include, but they shows more of an interaction with that community. They were doing a lot more work to get that answer to happen. So a lot of those things showed up and you could just sort of see, like, that's kind of what we would expect. To some degree. Like, oh, what would a good versus a bad answer? Well, I bet it would be simpler and slightly more comprehensive and show more engagement with the people that were trying to help make the answer. It's what I would have hypothesized would have shown up, but it's sort of also what which is good in a way, because it sort of validates what we think about good technical writing. You're like
0: So it's not wrong.
1: And not only is it not wrong, it happens outside of the classroom just in the mm-hmm. same way as it happens when we're when we're saying, oh, students need to do these kinds of things because that's good technical writing. And now we can say like yeah, students need to do those things because that's exactly what's going to get called for at some point. And, I, and now we have proof of it. And that's why I sort of think of it as it's, it's happening in the wild, you know, outside of our control in a way. I think it also speaks to I don't know, people's engagement with a question that matters to them. So I think the one that I use as the example in an article is about antimicrobial soap and how it actually works. And the person that was answering it was Basically, showcasing a lot of the knowledge that they had from their particular discipline. And they might not have thought of themselves as a technical writer or a technical communicator, but mm-hmm. they probably do tons of technical communication work in their job and it spills over into their life. It spills over into an, a Reddit explain like I'm five thread.
0: <laughs> well, great. And, you know, it's always validating to see that people will take on technical communication tasks. Really, you know, of their own accord and almost for fun.
1: That's the crazy thing about it. It's, it is literally technical communication for fun. And, that's, you know, I, I geek out on this kind of stuff. I love it. But technical communication is often not seen as the most sort of joyous enterprise in the world. Right. The same thing happens in lots of other message boards and other places, too, where there's people who are proud of their knowledge and they want to help other people because they like the idea of building a community. And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe Explain Like M5 doesn't have as much of a community aspect because it's now over 8 million subscribers, Um, which actually I could argue is that the biggest site of technical communication in the world at the moment. There's so many places in online venues where people are just doing that. I think of, um, you know, Wikipedia editors doing the same sort of thing. Right. Nobody's getting paid. You care about particular topics and you're willing to make that knowledge better. And I think that's, that's a pretty laudable, good sort of impulse to have.
0: All right, Aaron. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Hey, no problem. I like I like talking about this stuff. Thanks for asking.